0: Hello guys, welcome to the first episode of Good Morning Marketers, where we're going to bring in you all the latest news, insights, thoughts and opinions on everything that's happening in the marketing world, both online and digital space, and techniques and strategies as well that maybe you can take into your business uh, to help you grow an effective marketing function. Uh, I'm delighted as well today, I'm joined for our first episode uh, by the amazing Aisha Atta. Aisha, how are you doing?
1: I'm very well, thank you.
0: Welcome, welcome. So uh, so Aisha, just before we kick off, do you want to give everyone a a bit of an introduction just in terms of who you are um, and maybe some of the stuff you get up to here at Michelin Stones.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Aisha. I'm a digital marketing assistant, also an apprentice here at Michelin Stones. Um, I basically do quite a ri- wide range. There, there isn't something I don't really touch here at Michelin Stones. Um, so whether that's email marketing, social media, lead gen, um, so many different parts yeah, that I did a lot. Yeah, you? yeah,
0: and and I think one of the reasons I wanted to bring Aisha on today is because um, is it fair to say one of your passions is social media?
1: Yeah,
0: and um, so so Ash has got a bit of a roundup in terms of what happened in February um in the social media space now here at Mitchell and Stones we work with both B2C and B2B clients so we're going to be touching on both of those spectrums but if we if we touch on the B2C world to begin with Aisha, um give me some insights in terms of what you've seen over the last month
1: oh where to start I mean there's so many updates coming I think there's been a real shift in like even more of an increase of Building like community, so community building. So, I mean, Instagram, they're testing out broadcast channels. They're not over here, they're across the pond, they're in the US at the moment. But um, that's something where you, like creators or brands, will be able to share so much more with their audiences and really get more conversations going. Um, Aside from that, I don't know if you've seen it, but the whole de influencing trend, I've even seen brands hop on that as well. Um, And I think where 2023 is going to be more authenticity more this and that's not just creators that's not just influencers that is brands as well yeah everyone sort of being like just having that pressure to be more transparent because that's what people are looking for mm. And i think especially since we're going through a cost of living crisis it's really changed sort of it's really shifted users behaviors and opinions and what we want to see i mean i know that i don't want to see uh you know something that's completely unattainable for me or not realistic and yeah people's attitudes are shifting so the whole de-influencing trend I'm seeing brands hop on it as well it's essentially if you don't know it's where um most of the time it's on TikTok um and a creator a lot of the time but there are brands doing it they will share things which they're just saying you don't need this like you're it's being pushed on you by all these other brands all these other creators but you don't need it some of them are saying you could get this instead. That comes into play, obviously. But um, people are just loving it because they want honesty and they want yeah. real opinions.
0: Do do you think so? The world of like influencers, mm. like um, I think, obviously, had a meteoric rise in terms of like looking at macro influencers, the Kim Kardashians of the world, etc. You know, all the way down to micros, nanos, etc. Now, do you think trust has dropped in influencers because everyone knows that? any products that's being pushed to someone has a half-decent following is probably sponsored. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I, I, 100%. And this is even me personally, how I'm consuming content. Um, nano influencers are really where people's trust is with. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. There's enough documentaries, there's enough exposés um, of like... Huge influencers just pushing something that they don't really believe in, yeah. and there was this whole blow up um, in the beauty industry um, of so many influencers going on this trip with one brand, Tarte, um and you know showing a few products and things like that. But on that same trip that they're on, they're showing competitors' products, and obviously that whole expensive it just includes, contradicts, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and a lot of users were even annoyed like how can you go on one trip and show yeah. us this when if if you're not being paid you'll you something completely different sort of thing
0: yeah and i think i think what's interesting as well when it comes to like the whole influencer space and and i agree with you i i, I think that nanos and micros are more influential these mm. days in terms of driving an ROI for businesses because there's a lot of consumer facing brands who i think invest heavily in the influencer market you know maybe see a, a small spike in sales mm for the life cycle of that post, right, in terms of when it's sat in the algorithms, sat in people's news feeds. And then when that post dies and goes into the ether, um, you know, it's like, well, you know, we got some good awareness from it, we got a few sales, but it didn't really wash its face in terms of the investment. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm, th- I'm, I'm seeing more and more brands who maybe don't have really, really deep pockets to work with hundreds if not thousands of influencers just started to look at actually is there another way and how do we get a bit more self-sufficient because it's difficult to predict growth if you're purely if, if you're relying on these influencers just for, the, for these little spikes in sales yeah and especially for consumer products but but moving on to like uh b2b so any any updates there in terms of what you're seeing
1: seeing a lot i mean it Sort of as a whole in marketing, I'm seeing a lot more of community building as a whole. Yeah, and when it comes to B2B, that is more brands are hopping on social. More brands are showing a bit more personality with their content. Yep. They're still remaining professional, but they're just showing a little bit more. And I think that's that's sort of your competition now. Mm. Like you have to show a little bit more about you behind the scenes, sort of. And, as well, like your your ethos, what you believe in, and like not sort of. Um like doing the right thing because it's the right thing because I think like we sort of spoke about just then with that transparency, people are seeing through it a lot more now. Um, and one of the other things I'm seeing as well is there's a lot more like customer loyalty, more incentives that we're seeing as well. So I'd say those are the main things that I'm sort of seeing yeah. um, in the B2B space. But yeah,
0: but just on that brand like humanization piece, I think um, there's there's a lot of brands who who aren't used to that because of the space they work in. Mm. And maybe the the perception of the professionalism they need to show day to day, the work mask, I suppose, um, that they're finding it hard to drop, you know? And that, that might be a sort of generational thing in a sense of like how businesses have always operated. This is how we've always done things. But I'm, I'm finding that um, there's, there are a lot of industries who are coming around and I think being a lot more human about things. Mm. Um, and, and by the way, just, just to be clear on the whole humanisation thing, this isn't, this isn't like a fluffy marketing thing like let's all be more human (laughs) let's all be more authentic it's like what we've realized is um linkedin company pages they don't really perform anywhere near as well as someone who has quite a good personal brand on linkedin right now i say the word personal brand with huge huge um caution because just because you're driving a lot of engagement, likes, comments, etc., it's understanding. Okay, well, is is this is your audience that you're engaging even right for what you're doing day to day? So, what I mean by that is like um you could be you could be engaging this audience over here, but if the world you're, if the world you're living in and you're dealing with ultra high net worth individuals, or you're dealing with doctors or engineers, and you're engaging everyone but them, is that the right personal brand? Yeah. You know, and I know we're kind of going from humanization to personal brand, but and this is where, you know, like we, what we do here at Mitchell Stones, is obviously we, we work with businesses and, and get their teams using LinkedIn to engage their audience, right, to inform, educate, and inspire. But but what do you think that, when it comes to brand humanization stuff, what, what, what are some small things that businesses can do without working with a company like ours to actually kind of get the ball
1: rolling, get the ball moving? Well, there's a lot that you can do. I think one of the the main things that people struggle with with it is getting everyone on board. And I think that the best way to sort of, the starting point for that is to make it seem as approachable as possible. Um, Always start sort of smaller. And I think if you're in your team, you've got someone that maybe you can ask. because I think a lot of people are hesitant because either they're not super keen on social media, they don't really put themselves out there that much, or because they're not sure if maybe is this post actually okay to put out? So I think number one is having someone in your team that you can ask and is approachable and you feel empowered to ask questions to. Um, and then in terms of the content and things like that, I mean, it, it's pretty much free sort of, like you you could, realistically, you could post anything on there, but you do have to keep in mind who your audience is. Um, but I do think that, you know, say for instance, your team had a nice lunch, you could you could post about that. Or let's say um, you've got new starters or there's a, an achievement, big or small. I think it's more so just getting faces on there. Yeah. And I think with LinkedIn, it's like, sure, someone's got a profile picture and sure, you can see their name and you've got a face to that name. But you don't always have, like, sometimes you need a bit more than that. You need a personality, you need, like, you know, to really engage with them. And yeah. it's it's going to help you sort of build those business
0: relationships I think I I agree because I I think sometimes people look at that and they think okay well you want me to be more personal you want me to be more authentic you want me to post about you know what we're doing as a team etc and and the question I think comes to some business owners minds is why do I do that why do I need to do that um and ultimately in my in my 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 kind of opinion anyways it's about becoming familiar Mm. in the world of your prospects um and them getting to know you without knowing you yeah if that makes sense yeah you don't have
1: to give away too much and you you only ever have to talk about what you're comfortable yeah. talking about but yeah i agree
0: because because also as well it's amazing like i know we've seen it like we we've won clients from linkedin who've engaged with our, who sorry who, who haven't engaged with our content who haven't never liked anything yeah. never commented on anything never shared anything didn't even know they were, they were there like a ghost follower kind of thing and um, and all of a sudden they come out to Wilbur saying Josh yeah I've been following your content for a while I really like it I'd love to have a conversation with you, and that's the why right there. It's it's the people who you know are following you, but also the people who are there but there you can't see them yeah because you don't know who's watching you you know. And if you're informing, inspiring, educating. You know, and and that they they like the look and feel of you as an individual, like the look and feel of the business that you're working in, what they're standing for, the problems that you're solving. I think that's where, in my view anyway, commercially, commercially, um, this personal brand and brand humanisation thing makes the most sense. Yeah. But yeah, a bit bit intrigued to know everyone's thoughts, really. So um, any final bits before we wrap up on the B2B side?
1: Um, I mean... AI has had a really big boom. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, I, I think it's interesting to see how far, I mean, I don't know if there's any limits really, but how far it's sort of going to go and what people are going to do with it. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to see how much sort of time it's saving people and things like that, especially, you know, maybe people that don't have su- super huge budgets for things yeah. like that. I mean, you'd be amazed at what you can do with it and how it can help you. Um, obviously, there's ethical concerns and things like that. but
0: It's interesting because like, um, I had a conversation with um, uh, a chap who runs a HR consultancy business, and um, he's, been, he's been in HR for years and years and years, and he was telling me a story about when, in the early, early days of his recruitment career, um, he works in a big recruitment firm, and this is literally when LinkedIn launched, right? So wow. it's like we were in the early days of LinkedIn, and he was sat in a board meeting, the board of directors in there. And um, he says, look, the, he, was, he was sat in the saying, guys, look, this LinkedIn platform's just launched. I think it's been a big thing in our industry. And they all parted it off as like, no, it won't, no, it won't. And back then, just, just to paint a picture, and I was not in that world, so I'm just telling you what he said to me. Um, but, you know, if you were applying for a job, you'd look at an ad in the paper, you know, you ring up, you'd send your CV in the post, you know, the, those days and and i think i think some businesses not a lot but some some businesses are responding to ai responding to things like chat gpt with that same kind of mindset where it's like oh it won't be a big thing we'll always need this we'll always need that and it's almost like the next phase of technological growth mm-hmm. and the people who are stuck in almost like a maintenance mindset mode, where it's like, no, right, this is how we've done, this is our tech stack, we've always used LinkedIn, we've always done our workflow this way, we've always researched information this way. Like, the reality is, like, things like ChatGPT is is, the, is, is early doors for what's coming, you know? And um, I think the quicker you adopt, the quicker mm. you open to learn, um, the quicker I think the technology will help you I think it's a positive thing I think there's a lot of perception of people in the marketing world who think since chat GPT Kevin we don't do any work anymore Yeah, I think there is,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: which is slightly true <laughs> No, Jack, it's not really <laughs> but um but no but I, I think all good topics all stuff that we're going to dig a little deeper on but this just our, our quick good morning marketers 15 20 minute summary in terms of stuff that we're seeing um and we'd love, we'd love for you to subscribe get involved um like share do what you need to do if you don't want to like it you don't want to share it no problem i can see you i know you're there uh but join join us weekly for good morning marketers looking forward to see you on the next episode thank Aisha. Thank Thank you for your brain. Really good stuff going on in there. (laughs) And uh, take care, guys. Thank you.